The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. In the last hours, stunning and tragic news from University of Idaho. Four young college students murdered. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. We don't know much right now, but what we do know, four young students, two age 20, two age 21, in an off-campus home, a home where five girls lived together, a three-story home, six bedrooms, three baths. Early Sunday morning, we believe, four students slaughtered. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to this. This hour, we are tracking breaking news. Just a moment ago, Moscow police confirmed four people were found dead in a home just steps away from the University of Idaho campus. Right now, we're continuing to work to get more details tonight. We know that students were ordered to shelter in place for a time this afternoon because of the scene's proximity to campus. Neighbors say they began noticing police cars flood the area around 12 p.m. today. Moscow police say they responded to a call here on King Road for an unconscious individual. 
Upon further investigation, officials found four people dead. While police investigated the scene, the University of Idaho enacted a shelter-in-place alert as university officials reported a homicide near campus. Neighbors say most people living in this area are a part of U of I Greek life or are students, but we do not know the identities of those involved or who lives at the residence, officials are investigating. You're hearing our friends at KREM with me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. But first, straight out to special guest, Ava Wainhouse, reporter, KHQ Local News. Ava, thank you for being with us. How were the four students found? News came in that the police are responding to a call of someone found unconscious. That's the call that originally came in, and then they responded, and then they found the four additional bodies, the four bodies of these students inside the home. It was originally a call not pertaining to four dead bodies, but that's what they found when they entered the home. It was shocking news to hear, especially coming from just the most quiet town. Joining me is David Leroy, attorney at law, joining us from Idaho, former attorney general in Idaho, former lieutenant governor, former prosecutor. You can find him at dleroy.com. David, thank you so much for being with us. This is your neck of the woods question to you. I'm trying to determine for sure how the bodies were found. It's my understanding that about noon on November 13, that is a Sunday, noon on Sunday, noon-ish, that a friend of one of the girls went to the home and found all four dead bodies. Is that how they were found? There's no publicly released detail on the translation of a police report of an unconscious person and the discovery of the four bodies. But obviously somebody determined uh, if the unconscious person was one of those bodies uh, from merely opening the door that uh, something was wrong and uh, reported extremely promptly. Uh, There's no publicly released details uh, on that first discovery other than unconscious person observed. Joining me also in addition to Ava Wainhouse and David Leroy is Captain Taylor West. Captain West, Division Commander Investigations, Davis County Sheriff's Office in Farmington. Captain West, thank you for being with us. You know, it's very important uh, in every criminal investigation who finds the body. In this case, four bodies of college students Four dead college students. It's very important to determine who calls it in, who finds them, who reports it. It's my understanding a friend of one of the four deceased comes to the home, finds the people there. At first, possibly thinking someone was unconscious. Maybe one of them still was. Well, they're dead now. That's interesting. Have you ever noticed, Captain West, so often we find a wife dead? It's the husband that finds the body? Yes. Very often we look at you know, the person who finds the body or the person who responds to the scene. It should be noted the fact that the call came in as an unconscious person, though that's probably just a, a classification issue with the dispatch center. And anytime we have a body or someone unconscious, they all come in the same as a man or woman down. Um, so that they probably just coded it that way and said they were unconscious. That doesn't mean necessarily that the victim was still alive, but unconscious when they arrived. 
To answer your question more specifically, Nancy, yes. seems like oftentimes the person who discovers the body or the person who makes that phone call, we don't know in this case um, if that phone call was made from the scene or if it was made away from the scene, but yes, that, that would be a person of interest in my mind for sure. I mean, for instance, to Dr. Michelle Dupree, uh, forensic pathologist, medical examiner, detective, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide, Dr. Dupree, you're right there uh, on the scene, practically, of the Alex Murdoch mur- double murder. <laughs> Who called in the dead bodies? Alex Murdoch. And now he's charged with murder. Do, do, do you, are you see my drift here? I certainly do. And, and as was said before, you know, that is always one of our first people that we look at as a person of interest is either the spouse or significant other and or the person who finds the body or calls it in. Well, unlike many statistics may indicate, there seemingly is no connection to the person that comes to the home and finds the dead bodies. Joe Scott Morgan joining me, Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet and star of a brand new hit series, Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan. Joe Scott, in this case, I really don't see any connection with the person that called it in. I really do believe, at this juncture anyway, they just went to the home and make this gruesome discovery. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you think about it, this person probably occupies the same space with them, was familiar with the location, and was familiar enough to walk through the door. Maybe they checked it initially to see if it was unlocked. Mm -hmm. Uh, they They couldn't get anybody to come to the door. And in the world that we live in now, Nancy, uh, if they're calling, uh, certainly with four deceased individuals, you're not going to get a response uh, from a phone call. So, uh, you know, was the door actually left unlocked at the scene that when somebody exited? Yeah, it really does, Nancy. Uh, the door being unlocked at the scene, which we believe that it was. But there's so much forensic evidence here, guys. Take a listen to our friend Whitney Ward, K-R-E-M. Breaking news out of Moscow, Idaho. The bodies of four University of Idaho students discovered in a house just steps away from Canada. Campus. Those students were discovered just yesterday afternoon in a neighborhood near Greek Row on campus. Earlier today, the university released the identities of the victims found in that house. 20-year-old Ethan Chapin from Conway, Washington. 21-year-old Madison Mogan from Coeur d'Alene. 20-year-old Zana Zerdotel from Post Falls. And 21-year-old Kaylee Gonzalez from Rathdrum, Idaho. Now, names are attached to that initial report of four dead college students. Just think about it. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Dr. Sean Robertson joining us, psychologist out of Edmond. You can find him at drshawnroberson.com. Dr. Robertson, my twins, John, David, and Lucy, have just started the ninth grade. But for over a year, they've been talking about where they want to go to college, um, what university or college they're interested in, what they want to study, what they want to be. And we're planning for it. I mean, when they were first born, Dr. Robertson, I started a, a fund, a college fund. When they were born, planning and hoping and praying that one day they would go on to college and beyond. And just thinking about these four people, these four young people's family, and I'm thinking about that photo of them, Dr. Robertson, that was taken just a couple of hours before they were all savagely murdered. I mean, Dr. Robertson, I've looked at the exterior of the home, and from one angle, you can actually see blood pouring down from a crack in the foundation. Blood is pouring. I haven't seen that since I prosecuted a triple homicide uh, out on a playground one Sunday night. And there was blood running down the gutter like water. So you work your whole life, it feels like, to get your children to this point. And these parents had done it. They could check the box. We got them through preschool. We got them through elementary. got them through middle. We got them through high school. And all the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows, the victories, the defeats, and then they make it. And now this is just, to me, overwhelming. What these parents must be going through, Dr. Robertson. Well, you certainly expect that your children would be safe at college, um, especially in a smaller town. Uh, colleges are generally safe communities. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty large number of victims to be killed all in one place. Most crime victims, most murder victims, are more often than not going to be people who are involved in crime themselves. They're not going to be college students. So something like that would certainly come as, a, as quite a shock and as pretty unusual. Well, Nancy, one thing that makes this all the more shocking and all the more tra- uh, traumatic for both parents and students is that the University of Idaho is a beautiful, classic, 
red brick campus uh, spread over rolling hills in an agricultural area. It's got traditions uh, dating back to 1889. It's a medium-sized campus, about 12,000 students in a very small town, 26,000 people. And that ratio of students and residents uh, makes it a very close-knit uh, community where everybody does feel safe. And that's one of the reasons you go to this very protected area for a college education. Who am I hearing, David Leroy or Captain West? It's Dave Leroy, ma'am. You know, David, I was just thinking when you were talking, um, where did you go to law school, David? Went to the law school at the University of Idaho about uh, a quarter of a mile from where this incident happened. And Nancy, shockingly, I was actually in that building, that residence, about four years ago when I was engaged in a political campaign and on campus for homecoming events. And one of my clients uh, had a child who was uh, in that building as a resident uh, renting the place for two years. Uh, He and I went over there and said hello for about an hour to the four students living there. Wow. Okay. I'm just drinking in everything you're saying. It's reminding me... Well, first of all, I was thinking of the two places I went to law school. One was Mercer University in Macon, which I loved. The other was NYU, New York University, obviously in New York for an LLM degree. I approached my life at Mercer very differently than I did at NYU because Mercer is in the middle of Macon, Georgia, and surrounding Macon, which has a hefty population now, is rural and there is a feeling of safety and security and a low crime rate, as opposed to NYU, I mean, taking the subway to class, you know, I was always looking over my shoulder. You're right. This is almost an idyllic, a bucolic setting. Now, I'm very intrigued by the fact, and everybody on this panel, jump in. David Leroy, attorney out of Boise, high-profile lawyer, former Idaho attorney general, former lieutenant governor, former prosecutor, it goes on and on, has been in this home, in the murder scene. I'm curious. Um, and Ava Winhouse, please jump in if I'm wrong on any of these facts. I think the young man, Ethan, was found on the second floor, which, but the fact that they told us that makes me think the girls were somewhere else, possibly on the third floor. This is a three-story home, to my understanding. What's on the second floor, David? Well, it's been remodeled since I was there. I I believe it was a four-bedroom residence when I was there. It's been changed to now, reportedly, a six-bedroom residence. But um, after an entry in the front area, and perhaps one bedroom on the lower floors, uh, it's all bedrooms upstairs, along with the appropriate and related bath. You know, another thing, just got Morgan, I, I keep thinking about how four people were overpowered by one person. What more do we know? Take a listen to Nicole Hernandez, KRM. It was the city of Moscow, Idaho, that sent us this information just a few minutes ago. They said that they suspect that this uh, homicide was done. Uh, these students died by, quote, an edged weapon such as a knife. And they say they did not actually find a weapon at the scene. They also have not arrested any suspects yet, and they are ruling the investigation a homicide. As of this morning, the crime scene tape is still up around the house. We saw one officer there this morning as well, and a memorial has grown overnight for those four students. This, though, has left students in the area afraid. A lot of people left last night, and then we were, like, I know we were, like, the only 
like one of the only ones who like actually stayed here last night. Mass exodus at the university there. Uh, people leaving out of fear. Guys, this takes place in Moscow, Idaho, there at the university. Joe Scott, are you hearing what I'm hearing? I, I think you are. Four people overpowered around 2 to 3 a.m. in the morning with an, a, a, an edged weapon. That means a knife. In my mind, a serrated knife. How did he? Obviously, this is a male attacker to be able to, able to overcome four other people asleep. Were they asleep? Were they in a supine position lying in beds? And Ethan was there staying with a girlfriend that night. Why is he on the second floor and she apparently somewhere else? Did they run? Were they sleeping separately? Ethan did not live there. Isn't that right, Jackie? The girls lived there. The three girls lived there along with two other girls. Ethan was just visiting the girlfriend. So what springs to mind, Joe Scott Morgan? I mean, this is a mass stabbing. There's got to be fingerprints, DNA, fibers off the defendant, off the suspect. Agree, disagree? Disagree. This is going to be, a, I'm sorry, agree. This is going to be an evidence-rich I was ready to light into you like nobody's business. Darn. <laughs> I think I need some more hot tea on that. I was all happy. Go ahead. <laughs> and to David's point, which I think is quite interesting, when you begin to think about the layout of this place, if it is the size that it is, and it's not necessarily size, it's kind of the construction of it. If it's a multi-story dwelling, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind, Nancy, for me is thinking, was somebody laying in wait and was able to prey on these victims individually or maybe two at a time? Because when I think about a, a mass stabbing, that's something that generally is very chaotic uh, you hear about this mass uh, mass attacks with a knife and that sort of thing. People run scurrying, screaming, that sort of thing. But, you know, to the best of my knowledge, there's nobody that's necessarily alerting in this event. Can you please speak normally? <laughs> you mean, when you say alerting, do you mean screaming? Uh, yeah, well, look, I mean, we've all say lived. Say it, man. Uh, yeah, we, we've all lived, if we've attended, you know, in an undergraduate circumstance, or maybe you've lived in an apartment complex, you know proximity. Uh, walls are are not necessarily thick in these things. And you really wonder, did anyone hear any screaming during the night? Did anyone hear any ruckus, furniture being broken? We don't know about the nature of the scene. And here's one other thing that we don't know yet is the distribution of the remains. Uh, Where were they? Were they all grouped together? You said that this young man was up on the top floor. Second floor, second floor. Okay, well, he was on an upper floor away from the girls. And I'm I'm wondering, well, what position were they in at that moment in time? Were they able, was this individual able to take them unawares? You just said everything that I said, except you said it a little bit better. You know, my son has a student in his class like you. The teacher will say something and then Mm -hmm. he goes, well, I think... And he'll restate it, and he'll mm-hmm. look very thoughtful as yeah. he's doing it. Okay. Sounds like a bright young man. <laughs> <laughs> so we know Ethan, we think. Ava, jump in. Ava Waynehouse joining me, KHQ Local. We hear, we understand, Ethan on the second floor, and that suggests to me that the girls were on the third floor. Do you know anything, Ava, about that? I would just want to say that this, 
is confusing for the community and for these students. I was staying at the home in the neighborhood. I We had friends who have a home base there, and we were editing and doing our jobs while these students are surrounding us, and they're just saying, I'm hearing so many mixed reviews, mixed information, misinformation, rumors, and this community, these families deserve to know what really happened. Okay, whoa, 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 wait. Ava Winehouse, what do you mean you're hearing mixed information? I'm saying students were. Just when everything originally happened, the lack of confirmation, you know, from, I mean, at first it was rumors of murder-suicide that was ruled out. Things like that, when you live in a small college town, it hurts to not know exactly. And even 48 hours later, when we were still on scene, students were feeling like they wanted more from local authorities and especially wanted more for the families of the victims. You know, very interesting. You brought up the specter of murder-suicide. I don't see it. I don't see one of these four killing the other three, and then themselves, um, just a couple of hours before the murders go down, all four are pictured in a, ha- a happy-go-lucky photo. One girl is on another girl's shoulders. They're all smiling together. Um, two of them were dating. I believe it was Ethan Chapin and Zana Crenodal, the two of them dating. Two of the girls grew up together, had been best friends since sixth grade. Two of the girls were in the same sorority. Two of the girls, not necessarily the same two, worked at the Mad Greek restaurant. They're all very close. Murder-suicide is just not fitting together evidence-wise to me. Um, I want you to take a listen now to our friends at GMA. A tight-knit community in northern Idaho reeling after four University of Idaho students were found dead in an apartment across the street from campus. I think it's shocking for everybody. Police are calling it a homicide. Authorities say the initial call for an unconscious person came in just before noon Sunday. But Mayor Art Betke telling ABC News the crime happened hours before. Given what the nature of the scene was, uh, they've indicated that it was three or four in the morning when things happened. Once officers arrived, they found a horrifying scene. Three women and one man, all members of the Greek community on campus, were dead. The foursome seen here in this photo posted by Kaylee Goncavs just hours before their deaths. There isn't a person on campus who isn't affected by this. I mean, these are like really adored and loved people on our campus. Freshman Ethan Chapin's brother telling ABC News in a statement, we are triplets and it's hard to imagine life without him. Dr. Michelle Dupree is joining us, forensic pathologist, medical examiner, detective, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Dr. Dupree, a stabbing. They're saying a sharp-edged implement. Well, obviously, it's a knife. Um, I'm wondering, is it serrated? Did the knife come from that location, or was it brought to that location? The likelihood of a suicide by stabbing is extremely low statistically. I'd like you to weigh in on that. And also regarding the edge of the knife. It's very difficult, but is possible in very few uh, scenarios to match a particular knife to a wound. Why? Because flesh 
is static. It's moving. And therefore, you can't get a good pattern because the flesh itself is moving. It's not like getting a plastic mold of a knife. Uh, so that's going to be difficult. However, we do know that police are scouring the area, including trash, because we also know, and uh, Dr. Robertson can jump in on this, that it's human instinct to throw away their murder weapon immediately. It goes all the way back to Cain and Abel. He thro- kills Abel and tosses the weapon, tries to get rid of it. That's how old that instinct is. Uh, so right now... Dr. Dupree, police scouring trash cans, roadways, behind walls, uh, gates, looking for the knife. I'm hoping if and when they find the knife that it is a wooden handled knife. Why? Because it's easier to get DNA off of a porous surface such as wood as opposed to metal or plastic. How likely do you believe, is it that there are prints, fiber, or DNA left behind, Dr. Dupree? And we are seeing the emergence of a timeline right now. The murder's now being placed between 3 and 4 a.m. And if you listen carefully to that last bit of news, they refer to the homicides. They did not refer to suicide homicide. Exactly, Nancy. And I've actually only had one case where there was a um, suicide by a shark edge. Um, instrument. What was that? Cutting of the wrists? No, it was not. Uh, he stabbed himself in the heart when he was about to be apprehended. So I, I'm excluding suicide by wrist cutting. I'm talking suicide by stabbing. It's just right. Compl- highly unlikely. I don't see it here. So how can you tell the timeline? Now, I know there's extrinsic evidence, evidence not relating to the bodies or the autopsies that suggest the murders occurred between 3 and 4 a.m. That most likely is um, a Twitch picture or video that has emerged just a couple of hours before the murders where at least two of the victims are at a food cart getting food. They're alive and happy. So, you know, between cell phone data, texts, we know one of the girls texted mom every single day at least, talked to her every day. Extrinsic evidence may give us a timeline, but looking at the bodies alone, Dr. Dupree, how do we set the timeline as the murders occurring between 3 and 4 a.m.? Well, Nancy, we can look at several things. We look at um, scene markers. We look at things like um, how dry is the blood, where is the blood, um, what are the patterns, the blood spatter patterns. We look at all that types of information. Um, and, and going back to the knife that you mentioned, absolutely. I believe that if and when the knife is found, there will be trace evidence on that. There should be hairs, fibers, certainly, hopefully blood. Um, usually when there are um, homicides by sharp force instruments, the perpetrator will actually cut themselves, um, especially when they are stabbing someone. It's not uncommon for them to cut their hand as well. So that may even have um, that person's DNA on the knife when found. Right. When you're holding a knife, uh, you're holding it like this. And when you make contact with the body of the victim, your hand slides down past the hilt and you slice your own hand. That happens a lot more than we know. Exactly. Hence the discovery of the defendant's DNA on the murder weapon. Dr. Sean Robertson joining us out of Edmond. Dr. Robertson, why is it that something to do with instinct, I guess, 
that the killer always wants to immediately get rid of the murder weapon? Well, certainly you want to eliminate any trace back to yourself. You know, I've had many, many cases where knives were used as the weapons. Uh, you know, sometimes they're buried or hidden. Uh, I had one case where an individual threw it into a uh, into a retention pond at the front of a neighborhood. Actually, uh, that was how they ended up getting caught, is that they had told somebody where the knife was, and they drained the pond. Idiot. And they were able to, to match a piece of the knife that had broken mm. uh, in the victim back to the knife that they found. Uh, so certainly you want to distance yourself from the, the murder weapon as quickly as possible. You know, another thing, out to Captain Taylor West, special guest joining us, Captain in Davis County Sheriff's Office in Farmington. Captain West, um, when you're talking about a, a stabbing, I find very often, at least in the U.S., not necessarily in Britain, where they don't have uh, as much access to guns, but in the U.S., very often that the nature of a stabbing indicates that you know your victim. It's much more up close and personal. What do you think about that, Captain? I believe that to be true. I think stabbings are much more intimate of a crime. It's also um, very interesting to me in this case that these are four adults. Now, granted, the, the girls are petite in nature, mm -hmm. judging by their pictures, but for a single person to overtake four adults um, with a knife, that's some extraordinary um, resolve to commit that crime. And I wouldn't be surprised in this case if the victims were first either herded into a room or even bound and then murdered, um, which would really lead to the intimacy of that crime if someone could bind four people or, or contain them into a room and then still take the effort to um, commit a homicide against each of them individually. It's something that I, I haven't encountered in my career a quadruple stabbing homicide. David Leroy, jump in. Well, this is uh, an amazing situation. I'm intrigued by the fact that this is reported to be a six-bedroom rental home now. We know that uh, at least uh, three of these people lived there. Was there some other resident that uh, was involved here? And uh, did that give both some opportunity for access, obtaining a weapon on site, uh, some intimate knowledge of the neighborhood? Uh, it, it intrigues me, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not buying into the people who are critical of the police for saying there's no general threat to the public. I think these fact patterns uh, suggest that this is something very intimate and emotional, and perhaps even uh, with another resident. Well, okay, let's analyze that, David Leroy. Okay, there's five girls living there. Five girls. Uh, these three girls live there. Ethan did not live there. He was there staying over with his girlfriend. That means there were two other girls that live there. Therefore, I do not believe it's someone else that lives in the home. I don't think they're the perp because I don't think a woman did this for obvious reasons. A, statistically, never happens. And B, this is highly, highly aggressive and takes a lot of power to overcome four people unless they're sleeping. Unless they're sleeping. I'm wondering if that's what happened. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. 
That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Ava Waynehouse joining us in KHQ. Uh, I understood that some of the neighbors heard a ruckus before the murders. Is that true? I have not been told that, if that is true. Okay, so you don't know the answer to that. Do you know if there are any suggestions there was a robbery or a sex attack? I do not know. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Do you know anything about the possibility that there was a forced entry into the home? Did somebody break into the home, a broken window, a jimmied window, anything like that? We do not know. It's just a huge, a huge lack of transparency. Yes, you're right. But uh, to you, Captain Taylor West, some people may call it a lack of transparency, and they're right. But having prosecuted literally thousands of cases in inner city Atlanta, there's a reason you don't give the media every single detail. A lot of reasons. Absolutely. There's As you know, the prosecutors, prosecutorial reasons, there's hold back information that we like to keep back to help solidify a case upon a confession later on. There's information that the public doesn't need to know in regard to intimate details of the case. There's always information that we don't want to want to share that could jeopardize that prosecution in any way. I I do agree a little bit that um, the police department in Moscow and in conjunction with the administrative office, the, the mayor, it seems like they're sending mixed messages looking at some of the press releases mm-hmm. or that they're not communicating well. And it, it would probably be good for them to get on the same page in regard to the message they're releasing to at least calm some of those fears. I don't know the mayor, Captain, but he needs to shut his pie hole pronto because... <laughs> you just did the opposite of what you said the kid in your son's class does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right, I did. <laughs> But I said the mayor. Did he say the mayor before I said the mayor? Okay, yeah. Okay, you win. You're right. I think what's probably most disturbing to the public is the fact that they have stated that there's no risk to the public 
but yet they've never announced if the suspect is in custody, if the suspect is already dead. I mean, obviously, if they don't know who did this, then there is a risk to the public if the person is not in custody or not already dead. Is this David Leroy or Captain West? This is Dr. Robertson. Dr. Robertson, you're right. And that is, is getting a lot of people upset. You got four dead bodies of innocent co-eds, and they're saying there's not a risk. I'm telling you, Dr. Robertson, people, the students are leaving. There's a mass exodus right now. Do you blame them? Because I lived in a house much like this, as a matter of fact, I think that uh, it would have been like a 12-bedroom structure, and it was divided into four big, long apartments with multiple roommates. I can tell you this much. If someone had been stabbed in that off-campus community, I would have left. There's no way my parents would have let me stay there. You're right, doctor. Well, all of their statements seem to suggest that the likely perpetrator knew them. They say it was isolated. They described it as targeted. They mm-hmm. said it was a crime of passion. All of these would suggest that they know who did it and that uh, the, the person probably knew the victims, which is usually the case. Perpetrators usually know their victims. So that just begs the question of why are they not releasing uh, the name of who it is if there's no risk to the public. Is that Ava jumping in? Yeah, I'm sorry. This is like the main thing that I wanted to touch base on because this is like, for, I've been in Moscow since Monday. We've had crews here since Sunday. I'm in the hotel right now going back out today. And no matter who I talk to, this is the main concern. So just the mixed messages from local authorities when the mayor saying the crime of passion later retracting that statement. And then the police saying they can't respond. They're not going to be releasing any information right now. The details, it's preliminary. The investigation is ongoing. That's understandable. But when the community hears the mayor originally say, he says this is a crime of passion, and then the alert saying that they don't believe that there's a threat to the public currently, the community is feeling just overwhelmed with the fact that they don't know who to believe they don't know how to respond to this because two people two entities more than that are saying things that contradict one another guys take a listen to our cut 15 our friends at crimeonline.com ethan chapin's mother sarah tells a reporter for the statesman that a friend discovered the bodies and called 911 police arrived just before noon on sunday Authorities say, though, students died between 3 and 4 a.m. In an interview with the New York Times, Moscow's mayor described the killings as a crime of passion. And the county coroner, Kathy Mabet, says there was a lot of blood at the scene. Autopsies have not yet been completed, but Mabet says the cause likely will be stabbings. The coroner added that once the toxicology reports come back, she does not think it will be relevant to the manner or cause of death. Stacy Chapin says in a Facebook message to the statesman that police told her the students were stabbed. She also says drugs were not involved. So far, no weapon has been found, but police did release the fact that, quote, based on preliminary information, investigators believe that an edged weapon such as a knife was used. You are hearing information that is coming from the victim's family and the coroner. The victims, Ethan Chapin, age 20. Madison Mogan, age 21, 
Ethan's girlfriend, Zanna Kernodle, age 20, and Kaylee Gunkalves, age 21, all close friends. Joe Scott, we are now hearing drugs were not involved, apparently no sign of a forced entry. What do you make of it? This idea of the of the impassioned event is is certainly on my radar at this point in time because this is such you know as previously has been stated this is such a an up close brutal uh, manner and well cause of death if we're talking about edged weapon so that means that somebody has to be fully committed to this in order to engage with an individual like this and one other little aside here I'd like to mention. Uh, this is we kind of had something atypical handle uh, happen in a case like this, Nancy. When you begin to think about the officials, it is not typical of a county coroner to release a statement, and it wasn't just a statement. She actually gave an interview uh, prior to the police actually giving an interview in this case. So it seems like there may be a bit of confusion on the ground and you know this is not a huge town they're not used to handling cases like that so i don't know if all of the machinery for lack of a better term is fully integrated here maybe you know the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing at this time listen Leroy. let me say a word in defense of the local officials Uh, they have generally been on the same page they have now told us that they're investigating timelines and in this small community there will very certainly, uh, very swiftly, I believe, be a person of interest identified because you simply are not going to be able to hide the kind of anger and passion that uh, would be within a single perpetrator to cause this event from all of those other students who live in close proximity and go to class, attend the restaurant. Uh, this will be this will be moving swiftly, uh, I, I believe, and the local officials indeed in a small community uh, are not uh, very well trained in these kinds of disasters, uh, but uh, they have generally done a consistent job, and they will have a person of interest announced very soon, in my opinion. I think you're right, Leroy. Guys, take a listen to our Cut 17, our friends at Crime Online. Who are these victims? The four victims ranged from a freshman to a senior and were friends. All three women were from the same county. Mogan and Gonsalves graduated together from Lake City High School in 2019, and they were named to the university's dean list for spring 2021. Carnoodle and Mogan worked together at the Mad Greek restaurant in downtown Moscow. Chapin and Carnoodle were dating, and Chapin was from north of Seattle in Conway, Washington. As police put together a timeline of the 24 hours before the murders, Melissa Hawley tells reporters her daughter, Riley, a junior at the university, was at a bar with one of the women earlier in the evening. So the timelines are adding up and police are looking at the movements of the victims leading up to the murders. Also, take a listen to our Cuts 8 and 9, our friends at GMA. There's been no named suspect, but as this investigation continues, you believe that the students and residents of the city are safe right now. Right. Uh especially because given the very focused nature of what went on there, no other apartments nearby were involved. And in the ensuing eight or nine hours between the actuality of the crime and the call into the police, nothing happened. I think the eventual conclusion is going to bear out the fact that this was a one-off crime that was committed and was very focused and doesn't involve other students or the public in general at all. 
And the mayor went on to say that he thinks a suspect could be named in the coming days. He also said there in Moscow, the city and the university are incredibly intertwined. He described this crime as horrific, rare, and isolated. If you know or think you know anything about these murders, remember, families have been left devastated. Please dial 208 882 2677 repeat 208 882 2677 Nancy Grace Crime Story signing off Goodbye friend Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere anytime which means Zen pairs well with you your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.